0: welcome to another episode of Coffee and Revelations, where you bring the coffee and we bring the revelations. I am Antoinette Mathis, and I am so excited that you have joined us here today. If you are here for the very first time, welcome! I'm so glad you're here. And hopefully this will not be your last time with us here at Coffee and Revelations. If you are a loyal fan and you are here every week, welcome back. Thanks for being here another week. We are wrapping up our series on the NICU and going through various life trials. It has been a three week series. This will be the third part of the series and it's really been a blessing as we've launched Notes of Hope from 627, and I am so excited for just the opportunity to be a blessing to parents and families that are now walking through the same paths, some of the same paths that my husband, Maurice, and I have walked in the NICU. So, welcome back, Maurice Nathis. Mm -hmm. Y'all not tired of me yet? (laughs) we never will get tired of you. We can never be tired of you. Thanks for being back. Thank you. Thank you for making this series so very special and meaningful. And I mean, since it has been, of course, a part of our journey, I thought it was just be fitting for you to join and to give the listeners your perspective of our life throughout that season. And so this week, We really just want to bring one final episode of hope because that's the whole purpose of Notes of Hope from 627. It really is... Showing that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, as you go through the challenges of the NICU and really any challenge that you may face in life, that there is hope on the other side. And one of the beautiful things about God is that he allows us, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and then also by the word of our testimony. So as we, yes, give God praise. So as we... Voyage through our own testimonies and life experiences that not only helps to bring victory and triumph in our own lives, but your story is for somebody else. And so I'm not sure necessarily if I knew that as we were going through it, Hmm. but so many things have reminded me of that now on this side, that this journey was not just for our twins to make it home safely and healthy and all of that, but really for us to be a witness and a blessing to other people as we continue to overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So today we're really just going to talk about how it was finally coming home just being on the other side of just a horrible and really traumatic experience, but knowing that hope is here. And so, that's where we're gonna be. What, Maurice, what was your reaction or your feeling, your emotion when we finally had both twins home for the final time?
1: (laughs) The final time. (laughs) Not when Winston tried to choke and i had to give him baby cpr and take him back
0: yeah that was crazy not that yeah, time because that that, time. that was that's a whole not <laughs> our nicu experience is very interesting because I we had two nicu experiences yeah i was so i was telling someone this story the other day for our listeners to sort of get caught into that do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it you, you can, can tell say. it <laughs> no you go ahead we were Headed,
1: were we headed for a checkup?
0: We were going to the endocrinologist for the first okay. time.
1: So we were going for Winston's, uh, for Winston's appro- uh, appointment. And we put him in the car seats, um, the, the little holders with the handle. And we put, it was cold out uh, or chilly. And we put the, a cover over both of them so we couldn't see them. But did you end up saying like... You did. No, you did He said, did you
0: hear something? Yeah. What what is
1: that? So we pulled Winston's cover and he had spat up, which was normal for him. But we don't know how long he had been... He had, you know, how long ago he had spat up. So he was choking on his spit. So... He
0: had really bad reflux, which was a part of... A whole big thing that kept in the the NICU for even longer.
1: So I thank God, whatever that woman's name is that taught us baby CPR. Um, And so I took Winston out. I put him on our table and did the mouth to mouth and really it's mouth to nose and mouth and, Got him to, you know, spit up all that,
0: and his lips were blue. Like it had been, and it may not have even been that long, because honestly, we were just in our transition from getting upstairs, and of course, with infants, with newborns, you do have to gather bags and make sure you're not forgetting anything. Get milk, and this is our first time going anywhere because he had just gotten home. Mm-hmm. This was a Monday and he had just gotten home that Saturday. So he was out that Saturday. He Sorry. was out. Well, we got out that Saturday Then he was home Sunday. We went to church and then mm. we were going to this appointment. I that just thank Monday. God
1: that he, and God has made me to be able to react to crisis very quickly and very calmly. Yes. So I'm,
0: Cause I was not calm. (laughs) I'm not
1: like, I won't say that I always do the right thing, but I'm going to do something. And I, I react very quickly with whatever is going on. So in that moment, I was like, he's choking. They taught me baby CPR. That's what I need to do. No questions asked, like, keep it moving. But you didn't ask about all that. Maurice so that- was a
0: rock star. He put him on the, that table. I'm actually looking at that table right now. <laughs> he put him on that table and he all this stuff came up. And guess what, y'all? Now, we were crazy. I'm going to tell you, this is how much we wanted to get rid of the NICU and have it behind us. We cleaned him up, changed his clothes. He, you know, of course, he came to and everything was fine. Um, cleaned him up. Fix his clothes, called the endocrinologist and we're like, we're running a little it's bit behind. Little <laughs> we're running a little bit behind, but we're on our way. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, of course, of course. So we got there and Dr. Carlucci, <laughs> she's like, so how's everything going? We're like, oh yeah, things are great. Things are great.
1: You a lot. You a lot. Right. A lot.
0: right. right. Uh, things are great and, you know, everything. So when we left the appointment, we called my dad and he was like. Who
1: is very emotional. Right. Yeah. What? Y'all need to take him now. You need to turn around to whatever. You need to go right now. He didn't meet us anywhere. We were just, no, no. Just, was, the yeah, we, in, we the were on the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to go. You, you need to call them right now. He was very adamant
0: about that. And so we were like, no, like, he's fine. We've done CPR. Everything is fine. So thankfully, we had made a really good connection with one of our NICU nurses who was our primary nurse. She was phenomenal. And she met Winston when he was less than 24 hours old. And she followed us throughout the whole time. And we just became really good family friends with her. And so we called her. And she happened to be off that day, but of course she answered and she was like, yeah, I think y'all need to take him back. Mm -hmm. But from the beginning of our NICU experience, they have always said that once you leave the NICU, you can never be readmitted back into the NICU. So they try to keep you Until they really are sure or pretty confident that there will be no mishaps or situations, emergencies that happen when you leave. Well, they did not keep us long enough to make sure that we wouldn't have any mishaps when we got home. So we called the NICU and went through this whole thing. We were like, you know, we've only been gone for less than 48 hours, about 48 hours, and will he be able to be readmitted? You didn't ask me this question.
1: <laughs> and all of that. So he went back in and then he stayed for a couple more weeks and he came home. And then your question to me was, how did I feel when that finally happened? Mm. I I felt a sense of relief. I I was very tired of the NICU. I As weeks prior, I was like, I don't want to see Wake Mads Hall I don't want to see the parking deck. This is me saying I don't want to see the rooms. I don't want to see any of the nurses. I don't want to see the lady who checks us in every time. I was very much over it. So I was relieved um, to have both of them home. Um, I was also very, I felt more prepared, I think, than, um, and this is a blessing in disguise. I felt more prepared to have them home because of the training that we had gotten for the three months, um, you know, from the staff, from, from the staff at Wake Med. Um, so I, I felt relieved and I also felt like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do this cause we've, you know, it's new, but we've gotten a lot of good training, um, in terms of how to handle infants and how to handle premature babies, how to handle twins.
0: Did you feel nervous just about, so I appreciate you saying that you, felt prepared because of the training and just everything that we had gotten while we were there in the NICU. But did you feel nervous or like this was, especially so when Winston came home the second time, he was on oxygen and we Mm -hmm. had extra equipment, extra things to think about, extra things to consider. And then you have to think about not having people in your home or interacting with people because the premature babies are just so sensitive and all of those things. Were you nervous at all just about the transitions and the different things it would bring about?
1: I guess a healthy bit of nervous. I'm also not much of a nervous person, but a healthy consciousness of this is new. We really need to pay attention. We need to know what these beeps mean. Um So nervous in that sense. Yes. But nervous like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? How are we going to do this? Not really. That's good. Yeah.
0: And we also, so I, it's important to note also that we had, we had had that three months. So we had had a lot of time to sort of get things together because before I went into the hospital, we had nothing together and everything was sort of just <laughs> because we weren't planning for this right. whole thing to happen right. at the time that it is. So we had nothing in order, <laughs> nothing really in place, but We had time by the time they came home to get things in order. However, I will say this. When they came home, they barely needed anything that we had gotten together. So I think a lot of times as you're going through that experience or even having full-term babies and thinking you need all of these things in order, they are much more low-maintenance than you probably want them to be or than you are and so you can relieve a lot of pressure uh,
1: bottle warmer in the (laughs) box because what are we gonna do with this
0: (laughs) you can relieve a lot of pressure from yourself (laughs) by just taking it easy and not making yourself be super stressed out about things that really at the end of the day are not that important and don't really matter or things that you can add as accessories as you go on what was my feeling I think I was a little bit nervous. And so Gordon had been home for like seven weeks when Winston came home. Man, it was that long? Yeah. So she was there for six weeks and he was there for 13 weeks. So, well, with everything tallied up. So he was home for the three days and then went back. But I think I had gotten into a good little flow with just the one, with just her. And then, you know, we're going back and forth every day and all of that. And I think... Then bringing home Winston was like, oh wow, now we've sort of gotten into a flow with one baby being home. Now we're getting into a flow, a new rhythm, and figuring out patterns and all of that. And then the other thing on top of that was that I went back. So Winston got out on September 20th, and I knew I had extended my leave a little longer just for the time that he was in the hospital. And I ended up going back to work on September 27th. So exactly a week after Winston got out of the hospital. And so that was a little bit overwhelming too, because Mm -hmm. it's like, not only do we now have twins home, but I'm about to go back to work and, Mm -hmm. you know, completely change everything. So that was a little bit overwhelming as well thankfully we had already had in place that maurice so when i went back to i stayed home that week and then maurice how long was your leave
1: i i think i took two weeks then and then took another two weeks later
0: okay so you must have done those two weeks because ma was here the the week that i actually went back I can't remember how that all yeah. worked, but, but
1: we uh we took, we took shifts for like a month or so.
0: Yeah. Cause grandma Hattie didn't start until November. Right. So you must've had, so she must've done one week and then, yeah, you must've done a total of four. Yeah. So that, that was a lot. <laughs> All of that was a lot. So we had our parents helping both of our moms did shifts and schedules. And it was a lot just trying to logistically figure everything out to protect these sweet little babies from every little thing that mm-hmm. could happen. It, it was
1: not knowing they in years to come would try to get into every little thing those sweet babies right (laughs) i will do one quick insert um that i truly so you know like i said earlier you know a healthy bit of nervous nervousness um but the time that i spend with them alone i know a lot of fathers don't Either get that opportunity or want that opportunity. So, my especially plug, so early on, right? So, my plug and my plug has always been take some time, take whatever your job offers if it's called paternal leave, if it's called family leave, if you just need to take some time because you have it, but take the time and um, really, you know, kind of figure out what your flow is as a father because I really you know, learn some things during those weeks and, okay, how do I do this? I don't know. T- Nisi, what am I supposed to do at this point in time? And, you know, but I really got my own type of, you know, like father flow during that time and it was, it eased that nervousness that I did have.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important. And like I you said. I
1: to tell that, like, yeah. a coworker just had a baby. And he was like, oh, I, I, you know, I don't think I'm gonna take too much time because blah, blah. blah. I was like, It's your time. I don't, I don't manage, but it was like, you know, I really implore you to take some time and be at the house and just be with your child and, and learn what that, learn who you are right now as a father, even for this short amount of time.
0: Yeah. It's so important. And not only that, but it also gives the mom some ease as well, because there's a lot of pressure and there's always going to be pressure for being a mom anyway, and a wife and a homekeeper and a homemaker and all that, those things. So it is helpful to know that your husband wants to be able to spend that time and to be a part of the home in that way and allow your husbands to do that. Because I think sometimes I know for me, and this is probably an episode that we can do sometime about marriage, but sometimes you can or i can try to do so much and do everything and be so much but it is important to know that you are not in this alone you have a spouse that is able to help and that yeah. is willing to help and and to contribute is important
1: and i remember and you know it's sometimes it's taboo to even you know for a, a mom that early on with with infants to you know leave the father alone which is crazy because it's my they my my kids do what but um you know leave them alone or go somewhere so i I, you know and leave the the children or the child with the father because i remember i don't know which of your friends and i know it was in a joking way um but you i don't know if you went somewhere for work um but it was maybe a day or two Within the first, like, six months or so. And somebody was like... It was like, our
0: training in January. Okay. So it was, and yeah.
1: some, one of your friends was like, he's at home by himself with the with the twins? Right. And I was like, <laughs> they're my children. What do you mean? Yes, I'm at home yeah. by myself. I
0: mean, and twins. so that was crazy because <laughs> I was... Now, that was a distant number of trips because I had gone to Chicago for the training. It wasn't that long. It was like two it was or a three a couple day. days. Yeah. yeah. But when I came back... So this is sort of another... Tangent, but when I came back, the twins were over in their room. So prior to this time, when we came home with the twins, they slept in a bassinet in our room. So we had a twin bassinet. They weren't in our bed, but you know, easy access for breastfeeding or as I did, pumping or you know, bottles, whatever in the middle of the night. It was easy access. And so when I came home from Chicago from that two or three day trip, whatever it was. Maurice had transitioned them over into their own room. I literally don't
1: even know why. I don't even know why. I don't know what the turning point was. We
0: had talked about Um, it, but I think you said in your mind, you were like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because you'll have them over, talking about me, you will have them over there in our room forever, so so it might as well be.
1: It could be that, and again, I don't remember, it could be that, or you know, sometimes where like, if I get a date in my head, so if we said at the beginning of the year Yeah. or whatever we're going we to if we're going to move them if that was it whomever is at the house like if we said the 15th of January then that's the transition so i, I it could have been either of those i don't remember which one but yeah i don't i just know they were not <laughs> they went on back to their room
0: yeah so that time it's 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 very interesting <laughs> so like you changed I I was shocked. I was like, I didn't even get to participate in that. But of course, we had talked about it before. But I was like, man. And I mean, that definitely does not mean they don't end up in our bed sometimes today. But
1: right. last night, of
0: but it does mean that he transitioned them at six months at that time. So another question for you, Murray's. A lot of times when we were in the NICU, they will often say, really as a point of encouragement. That at some point, this is going to be like a blip in history. Like you won't even... You'll remember it and you'll know that it existed. And that obviously you don't go just, you know, you do still have a memory. But you will not feel as deeply connected. Or the, the trauma of it will somewhat be a distant memory. Yeah. Have you experienced that?
1: Yeah. It's like... It's like any storm that is the worst in the moment, and you're like, This is never gonna end. Like, the rain is never gonna fall up. I'm never gonna get a job. I'm never going to stop arguing with my spouse or whatever it is. And then it stops at some point in time. And then a month later, you're like, Oh, I've been doing this for a month. And then three years later, you're like, I remember them being in the NICU. But case in point, I was like, Dang. I don't even remember that Gordon came home that much sooner than Winston or maybe like I knew it, but I didn't realize like she, we, she was at the house for a month and a half without him. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's hard to think of that and it's hard to encourage somebody because they're in the middle of it. And it's almost something that you, you don't really realize until you get out of it and experience that. Oh yeah, that was a long time ago. And now I'm just living life like a, "Quote normal family,"
0: and we had had so our nurse Melissa, who I mentioned earlier, she had had children in the NICU, and then a few other of our nurses, twins yeah, twins in the NICU, and a few of our other nurses, and and just people that we met. There were lots of people. Actually, one of my really close friends who has been a guest featured on the podcast that I met there, Latasha, she. Was there encouraging us. Her children had long graduated from the NICU, but she was one of the volunteers there. And so lots of people would tell us, you know, this will not last forever. But when we were in the middle of it, it felt like, oh my God, it felt like, it, right, it felt like it would literally last forever. And so really the hope of this whole thing, why Notes of Hope from 627 exists and why these, this series of podcasts has existed is because even in the thick of the storm, not even if you're not in the NICU or even if this is not your story right now. That storm, as Marie said, to use that analogy, it will end. It may feel like it is lasting forever. And I'm telling you, those days were long. Those weeks were long. Those months were long. And
1: worst summer in my life.
0: Oh my God. It was a challenging time. And, but being on the other side, I can say that what seemed like really just like a lie they were telling us then just to make us feel better. It's really true. Like you will look back. We have looked back now and just it's like, okay, that was six weeks and 13 weeks respectively of our lives. that was about three months of our lives. And of their lives, and now they're three years old. So at this point, they have lived so many times over that three months that we spent in the NICU, and Mm -hmm. it is just remarkable, and it's just, it's just so beautiful. And I thank God that We have lived this hope and that now we have the opportunity to to send this hope to others and to just share it. So I want to share a quick scripture, which is one of my favorite scriptures about hope. I have so many scriptures about hope because God is a God of hope. He is the God of hope. He is the God of comfort and love. And he wants us to live with hope even in the midst of tribulation, because he knows that we will face those as well, but he wants us to live in hope. And so I want to share this. I'm going to read Lamentations chapter three from the message version. I'm going to do verses 19 through 27 Because it's so good. And this is in the message version. It says, I'll never forget the trouble. We were in the NICU. We will not forget that trouble. The utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They've created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. And so... We'll end this episode with that scripture. Just sharing that. You will remember the hard times. You will remember the difficulties and all the things. And then the King James Version, which y'all know that's my version, but I wanted to read it from the message (laughs) because that's really good too. It says, This I recall to my mind. So I recall those things to my mind. Therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed because his compassions fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so I want you all to remember today that God is faithful, that whatever you're going through, he will carry you through. And while you will remember the challenges that you have faced or even those things that you're facing right now, that God will bring you through. And I promise you that you will have a hope and that God will be that hope and that he'll give you the hope and the strength that you need. And we also want to say that there are those that don't, have the story that we have of bringing their children home, of sharing these special moments and all of that, graduating from the NICU. And so as we go into prayer in just a few minutes, we want to lift up the NICU families whose stories don't end as happily as ours and those that are in the struggle right now and don't know where that next hope is because that is a reality of the journey that the NICU is. Some, some stories don't end the same. And so even in that, we want those families to hang on to hope because God is the one that comforts even in the most challenging grief that you could go through. And so with that, We want to offer you the greatest plan that has ever existed, the plan to know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. And we do that with Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 that say, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved because with your mouth you confess unto salvation and with your heart you believe. So repeat this after me, if you'd like to do this for the first time, or if you're already saved and you want to share it with somebody else, because this is the best thing that you've ever known as well. Just repeat this after me. Say, Father, I invite you into my heart. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I believe that he was beaten. He was crucified. He was buried, and that on the third day he got up with all power in his hands. And with that power, I welcome you into my life as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name amen and with that if you prayed it for the first time you are saved welcome to the family i'm so excited and i pray that you will start building your relationship with the lord and see what god has for you read his word pray find a church and see how your walk just continues to grow so we're gonna pray now thank you again maurice for being here you're so awesome i love you cut it out i love you
1: Cut it out. I love you. Thank you for taking this journey with me. You have made it bearable. Continue yeah. to make it bearable. <laughs> These kids be trying me. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. It's, but you are the patient one and God uh, God bless you, sister, for the, for your patience.
0: It's been a journey, but we thank God. So let's pray. Father God, in Jesus name, we thank you so much for being God. We thank you for being hope in the most hopeless of situations. Lord, we know that even as Maurice and I have shared our story over these past few weeks, we have seen your hand of hope. God, even in what we may not have known from the beginning, you have allowed us to see full circle hope come into our lives. And God, we pray that even with our story and with our testimony and the overcoming with the blood of the lamb and the word of this testimony, that we will experience your victory more and more. And not only for ourselves, but that we can help to infuse and bring that hope and victory into the lives of many families and many moms, many dads that may be going through this struggle right now. Mm -hmm. Father, I want to say a special prayer for those that may have lost their children in the NICU, those that may not have seen the day of that NICU graduation, those that may not have taken their children home or still may not have them in their homes today. We lift them up, God. We pray, Oh God, that you would comfort their hearts, that you would give them the peace that only you can give. We know that their hearts are broken, that their hearts are heavy. So I ask you, God, that you would mend their hearts, that you would visit them in the late hours, that you would visit them and comfort them when they just want to hold their child. You are the God of all hope. So we ask that you would provide that for them now in the name of Jesus. And God, those families that are in the NICU right now, God, that are walking those NICU hallways, that are scrubbing in and and, and going in to visit their babies and touching them through isolate windows and doing all of the things that are so challenging of the NICU, Those that might be having surgery, those that might be getting blood transfusion and so many other things. Oh, God, we ask that you would be with those families, God, that you would show them that this is just a short while that they will go through, but that you still will give hope and that they will make it to the other side. We speak life. We speak healthy babies. We speak um, wonderful medical staff. God, we speak that these babies will graduate from the NICU, that they will be wonderful men and women of God, that they will fulfill the purpose that you have placed them in this earth to do. And God, we call it done. We pray for hope in every situation, not only the NICU, but those that are listening to this that may not be in the NICU, but they may be going through another trial in their lives. We ask you that your hope would surround them. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I love you all so much. And I'm so glad that you are a part of the Coffee and Revelations community. My website, Uh thank you, is thejesusbrand.online. And everything you need to know about Notes of Hope and about the podcast and everything else that's going on is on the website, thejesusbrand.online. Also, check out the Etsy shop. That's where all the cards are. Notes of Hope from 627 is growing and we're excited about it. I couldn't do any of this without you all's love, support, prayers, ratings, sharings, reviews, all of that stuff. So thank you so much for making this podcast a great and thriving place to be. Love you guys. Until next week. Bye. Show me God's perspective.